Welcome to the Fitness FAQs podcast, where we use calisthenics to become strong like a gymnast, look like a bodybuilder, and gain mobility to move freely. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fitness FAQs World. I'm here joined by Tom Merrick, aka the Bodyweight Warrior. <laughs> we just had some technical difficulties with the microphone turning off. We're back. We're back. Where are we, man? We are in the lovely land of London. Uh, today, we've just basically demolished ourselves. We smashed a handstand session for a couple hours, working on one arm handstand, yep. sharing some you know insights, and then yep. Dan. Um, put me through a lot of suffering with a, a leg session that I was just walking up the stairs and like could barely walk <laughs> up, had to grab hold of the handrail. Yeah. And then I got to have some revenge when we took Dan through some pancake work, which awesome. was equally painful, I hope. Yeah, man, it was a good balance of actually getting a training session in as well as filming yeah. stuff for social media. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I watched Dan when I first got into calisthenics before I was making YouTube videos. And then when he was like, Hey, I'm coming to London. Do you want to do it? I was like, <laughs> yes. yes. It, it actually is a so, bit trippy for me to hear this type of thing because it doesn't feel that long ago that I started doing this as like a 17 year old. Yeah. And now people are saying like what you've said, you got me into calisthenics and stuff. Hey, honestly, it's mad. I, I literally remember like when I was getting into it and I watched your like, it was like 25 pull up variations. Video. Oh like, man, that's like the OG video, the, like, the viral like, video. Yeah. Oh man, this is so good. Yeah. Oh, when I was trying to do plants and I was like, Literally, like if I was going to do a plant training session, I'd be like, right, Daniel's heavyweight plant <laughs> journey. Let's put this on some motivation. Yeah, man, like, sick. No, no, thanks for the support. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, we chatted about this earlier as well. Like, yeah. well, I started from powerlifting, bodybuilding. So I already had a base of like volume, strength, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And when I got into bodyweight training, that served me well initially. And it got to a point where I was just doing bodyweight stuff, just doing skills, and then progress was going up, and then it just plateaued. Yeah. And started going down, despite the fact I was doing more work or more yeah. technical, like, like that doesn't make any sense yeah but it's because i just i didn't spend some time intermittently coming back down and just doing building the basics yeah building the base. and then you discovered body by rings <laughs> and then he leveled up and he got jacked <laughs> and strong which you can download at fitnessfaqs.com <laughs> yeah um, that wasn't one i think that's probably the first program i actually ever purchased coaching is something that's recent as well it's the last eight months it's because i could afford to do it yeah um and it's something i really wish i'd done sooner and the same with paid programs like I'm the sort of person, if I get into something, I really love to learn about it. Yes. That's why I'm here now doing yes. what I'm doing. Things just kind of got a bit carried away. Um, but yeah, like I bought body, body by Rings. And it's good to have like, you know, a financial commitment, that accountability. Structure. Structure is great. Yeah. Like if I don't have a training plan, there is no progress. Like I know we some We were people- talking about this a lot. Yeah. And yeah. it happens to everyone, man. It's, um, it's the delusion of work ethic. Like, yeah. you know, it's human nature. Like we, we like to think we train hard consistently, but if you don't see the numbers improving or the, you know, a specific outcome with skill work or some objective marker, how do you really know? But that's the thing. Like if, so if people say like, you know, you're just doing your training by feel, which works for some people. Yes. We've mentioned Simon Monster, like incredible athlete. He trains by feel, fair play to him. Yes. But if you're mixing up your workouts all the time, You'd never have that objective marker because you might not be doing the same exercise at the same intensity yeah, for the yeah. same tempo. Yes, yes, like yes. so, you you might not realize you're not progress uh, progressing because you could be doing one week pull ups at high reps and then the next yeah. low reps and like. And the thing is, like most people watching, strength is the goal. Like most people want to get mm-hmm. stronger and use their body in meaningful ways. Yeah, it's a skill, and unless you spend time doing the same exercise 
or at least movement pattern and progressing consistently with that, yeah. you won't see progress. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is people going from doing like, say working towards a one-arm chin, maybe they're doing weighted chin-ups mm-hmm. and then they do that for one or two sessions and they say, oh, enough of this, I'm going to do a completely different exercise. I'm or, bored now. Or just on that day, they start doing stretching, yeah. something completely relevant. That's that's the difference, mm-hmm. not not consistently working on what your goal actually is yeah doing calisthenics doing stretching doing weight training as someone taller than six foot how how tall are you i'm six four so 191 centimeters it's fantastic because i'm six foot 183 and it's refreshing to actually like look up to someone (laughs) especially with the style of training yeah yeah how do you how do you find it like rate of progress like all that stuff how do you feel about it? it's been different i mean today like you properly showed me up with squats like you were doing like one and a half times maybe a little bit more than i was doing for the same reps and stuff like that yeah. i mean you train legs a lot but like you know i've got long legs that also makes middle splits harder as well yeah, yeah. um my arms are like six eight so they're like four inches longer than my body yeah, right. so i've got yeah I've got, what did you say, cranes for arms earlier? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like, don't, don't quote me, man. Verbatim. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's a, it's a challenge. It's definitely been harder. One thing I have noticed is that taller people tend to be still really strong at pulling. Yes. So, like, you can bang out one-arm chin-ups. Yeah. I've always been pretty strong at pulling. I don't yeah. know if it's because, I'm, and short, I don't know if it's a lever thing. Likely, yeah. Um, yeah. But short people tend to be a bit stronger at pushing. I always yes. think it's like little beast. He can do like 30 handstand push-ups. But yeah, he's like, the 90 degree push-ups and stuff. Yeah, yeah so that's mad. Um, yeah. So there is things that you can be better at. Yeah. Um, like deadlifts as well. Yes. Those sort yes. of things. There but, are pros to it as well. I mean, you can, yeah. you've got more room to fill out your frame. I mean, if you want to get into <laughs> IFBB pro bodybuilding. I think, I think the, the biggest compliment I've had is like, I didn't realize you were that tall. And that's like, thank you. That's because I don't look too lanky. So <laughs> I've got like a little bit of meat on my bones. Yeah, nice, man. But, but um, yeah, like it's just, I'm sure for you as well, like you just understand that it takes longer. Anyone who's watched your plants video understands like yeah. the time it takes. Yeah. And I, I think I think a lot of people do understand, but unless you are taller, yeah, you won't, you won't fully get it. I no. mean, a, a good example, this isn't too scientific, but I mean, basic leverages with weight, like you hold a five kilo weight here, versus here yeah same amount of weight it's a lot harder to do it out there i mean you get someone with the same you know proportions but they're taller yeah get them out further on a on a lever or a planche it's harder man Mm -hmm. it's harder and there's lots of conversations you can have about this because i did a video about like strength to weight ratio i basically i cut down like two kilos and i got my one arm chin up yes because i was just a bit lighter yeah um but there's also like a negative to that you know you have more muscle mass you're going to be able to a certain more force yeah so it's like finding a balance i think when you get taller that balance becomes a little bit finer good point man yeah but you, i mean you're 85 kilos give or take yeah yeah yep. and i'm 88 89 i've got a lot less muscle mass per size i've heard of like a, a general rule of thumb is like for every inch of um height difference yep. at an athletic level it should be like around four to five kilos difference in weight Gotcha. Yep. So I'm like four, four inches, three inches taller than you. Yeah. I should, for the same level of muscle mass, respectively, I should be like 10 to 15 kilos heavier, but I'm only like four. Yeah. It's that dilemma of um, absolute versus relative strength. Yeah. And I mean, like your priorities would be more relative strength focused. Mm-hmm. So being lighter is probably, 
It's like a spectrum, yeah? It's yeah. not like this is good or this is bad. And plus, like, I was, I was telling you, I haven't focused at all on physique for, like, the last three years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I've just been doing strength stuff and, you know, yeah. eating well and doing other things, you get a little bit of mass. But I'm not, like, by any means built. The last six weeks, I've been focusing on muscle mass. I've gained a little bit. It's been super fun. I've enjoyed yeah. it just to mix up my training yeah. as well. Um, it's something I do want to do, but I do understand at the same time it will probably mean that I'm a little bit weaker in respect mm. to some skills. But I'm hoping that I'll build strength, build capacity yeah. and all these sort of things along the way. I think if you just focus on getting stronger on the big movements, the muscle mass is going to come. Yeah. And that's the mindset I have. Like, I don't get me wrong, I like, you know, looking good. It's great for marketability and all that stuff to get my message out there. But the yeah. central point is focusing on strength and it comes with it. Yeah, Like your sure. body has no choice but yeah. to, you know what I mean? You need a certain approach for each person. Today, for example, um, you surprised yourself. Yeah, man, I was with impressed. Teaching me the, the pancake, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it was like, you wanted to show me two drills um, and it clicked. Those two drills clicked. Yeah, we did. It was interesting because we did one for the shoulders at the beginning. Yep. And that was like to the same approach, the same method didn't yep. work for the shoulders. No. Same thing for the pancake. It was the missing link. It yes. was like a night and day difference. I was like, I was expecting there to be a bit of difference. I was yeah, like, look, yeah. it does work. But it was like yeah, douche yeah. to douche. So the upper body example was you're trying to use like a neurological approach to strengthen the range of motion, but didn't work. No. What does that mean? That means that strength isn't necessarily the limiting factor. Yeah. It's more the muscular tightness, maybe some structural stuff that yeah. needs to be worked on, passive component. Exactly. There's like some structural change that needs to happen and that just takes time of stretching over a period of time. Whereas the pancake was about strengthening or, you know, activating the quads, whatever you want to call it, yeah. to flex me forward. And it was beautiful. Yeah, it was just a neurological technique that's like convince you're basically just convincing your body that it's okay in that position. That's all yes. it's doing. It's like yes. contract. You're kind of telling yourself that you want to go there. Your body will find a solution to that and try to go there. Yeah. So the big recommendation I'd probably give for the audience would be that you need to do your research, you need to get the knowledge, you need to practice on your body, see what specific application works for you. Yeah. And give it time as well. Yeah. Like um, flexibility doesn't come quickly it, and it comes quicker to some people than others. Like myself, I'm not definitely not meant to be flexible. Uh, it took me years of time and then I've coached people who have got like, you know, a decent level of hamstring flexibility in six weeks. Yeah. Or I've done, I did a video about um, how long it took me to get middle splits. I don't know how long it took you because your yeah. middle splits is really good. I worked on it for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. It took me, it took me pretty much dead on a year yeah. as well to get mine. Yeah. And then I have people comment, they're like, all right, it took me, took me two weeks. I did it every day. And I'm like, it's so yes. many different variables behind it. But you're probably naturally pretty flexible or you yeah. have a good sort of uh, genetic disposition to be flexible. Yeah. And I mean, that probably came down to you doing it consistently, regularly, finding which exercises you didn't even feel a stretch or any benefit yeah. and you chose the most optimal ones. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've found that especially for more advanced stretching that less is more, finding what your limitation is, working on that. And I think like this is something that probably only gets talked about if you're like a coach, Yeah. but not necessarily like variety is a really cheap way to get people interested in programs it doesn't always produce results some people favor variety that's kind of the, the general populace because it's, it's it's more interesting at the end yeah, of the day yeah. it is boring to do the same thing over and over again but people don't make results doing it like polokin says that i think he says six workouts repeating a workout six times is for most people where they get a benefit from it. But I would say like beginners, young training age, yeah. you can benefit from doing it eight, 10, 12 times repeated. Yeah. 
yeah. if you maybe like yourself you've been training for like eight years yeah you're going to need a little bit more difference yes. to get progress yes a really good point you mentioned that because beginners even intermediates just do the same thing you'll be fine you can you can get better doing anything that's yeah. why like you get a personal trainer that can get a beginner progress Anyone can do that. Yeah. You can just drill sergeant someone to failure. Just do the just do the work. Anything's better than being sedentary. But exactly. Trying to get someone that's intermediate to advanced ish yeah. progress that requires skill, specifically strength. Yeah. yeah. Like building muscle, it's pretty non-specific. Get some volume in. Get some progression. Yeah, you don't necessarily need that consistent aspect. Mm, it's, no. it's just like you know a, an element of fatigue and failure, yeah. and you'll be fine. Eat a lot of calories. Eat calories. Get strong rest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Man. But yeah, building strength, building skills, that takes some smarts. Yeah. What do you feel from your time coaching people and online is something that people do that like is consistently like maybe focusing on the like small details instead of like what would you think? Definitely focusing on small details. I mean, for me, I think the obsession of perfect form. Right. Um, And it's almost to the detriment because... If you like perfect form isn't perfect for everyone. It's like a box you like to put people in. Yeah. And if people do things in a certain way, there might actually be a reason for it. Yeah. And they can actually injure themselves if they try to do it perfect, but they haven't got the flexibility or they haven't got strength in certain areas. Like yeah. actually it puts them at a more vulnerable position because of their biomechanics. What would be an example that you'd say? Um, I mean, handstand is kind of a good example. Nobody wants the banana. Yeah. But like really trying to force the shoulder to be yeah. open when you haven't got the flexibility it can put more stress in the elbows. Yep. It can put more stress in the shoulder girdle. Like it can do all these sort of things that isn't necessarily good. Yes. Um, and dips as well. Yep. Massive one. Yep. Shoulder rounding. Like yep. I need to do dips full range of motion. Yes. But what's your range of motion? Like if you're going to roll your shoulders and put all this extra stress, like you can. And that's why I think it's really valuable. Um, we're obviously biased that I'm going to recommend my content, your content, because we have this analytical approach. I think that's why our audience appreciates what we do. Write in the comment section <laughs> if I'm just talking out of my rear end. But yeah, it's like just using a blanket approach or a recommendation is lazy, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, with my experience working as a physiotherapist, it's For like sure, yeah. context, the person's body, that it depends. And I- you- yeah, you need to assess the person before you just say, do this. I think it's good to have some level of variety just for a, a, what would be called adherence when you're coaching people. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you want people to do the training. That's the important bit. If it's really boring, yeah. you're not going to do it. So yeah. you need to keep yourself interested. Uh, and then that's for like handstands. That can be hard sometimes. But for yeah. me, I'm like, okay, I'll do a different leg position. Yeah. yeah. Or I try doing it for different. Like there's things you can add in that isn't going to, bring your results down, but it no. keeps the workout interesting. Yeah. How I would do that would be keeping the big key movements, which support the person's goals the same. Yeah. But you can play around with different rep ranges or intensities with that same exercise or a slight variation of technique, maybe with like tempo stuff or something yeah. like that. Um, further room for variety would be like the mobility stuff, like the nuances of that. Yeah, yeah. But you don't, you don't change big picture. No. picture basics are important i also find that when you start getting results you also don't care too much yes you're like shit this is working i'll just keep doing it yes, that's great yes and um like you were saying just before it's if you're seeing progress and seeing results don't change anything 
Just to just milk as funny as the word is, just milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, yeah, like keep yeah. doing it. If it's working, when it starts to stop working, yeah. have a think about people almost get funny about like they start seeing progress and they'll like almost get greedy, they want to change it to get even more. Like yeah. if you're progressing, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's the, the biggest thing, the hardest thing to do. I saw you post a video out of the blue and it was like one arm training has some progress. And I was like, since when was Dan able to do a one arm This <laughs> Like I've yeah. been doing it for like one and a half years and I have no way you're just like doing it. And yeah. I think that comes down to that consistency aspect. Yeah. Like what well, does your handstand training look like? Well, I mean, for me, I got inspired to take it more seriously at the end of last year. Yeah. Because I had an opportunity to attend a workshop from Miguel Santana. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Miguel. Great yeah. guy. Knows awesome. his stuff. Self-taught. Yeah. Started when he was like 20. Yeah. No experience. So it's like people seeing someone doing a one-arm handstand and think, oh, maybe they were in gymnastics, gymnastics or circus or something. No, you can you can progress if you want to. Mm-hmm. Definitely motivated me. It opened my eyes to a lot of limitations with mobility, endurance, all that stuff. And for me, that's what is a big driver for why I enjoy handstands because it, it incentivizes doing mobility. Yeah. Let's face it, man. It's boring to try and improve thoracic and shoulder mobility. Like if you enjoy- It's much more exciting to go and do like bench press, dips, chins. Yeah, weighted calisthenics, you know, handstand pushups. But this, it's like, yeah, it brings it back. It makes it, yeah, incentivizes my mobility work. Yeah, because it makes your life 10 times easier when you're doing handstands to to have a wide straddle, to have good shoulders. Yeah. All of these things. You realize quickly when you get into handstands, if it's an inefficient position with a closed angle- you're just using brute strength. Yeah. And then you compare it to like a really good performer where their joints are stacked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a reason why it's efficient for them. Yeah. It makes their life easier. Yoga is great, is it? But the physical practice of yoga, the game flexible, that's a very small part of yoga. Yes. And yeah. my one of my clients who's a massive yoga, he always tells me this all the time, like yoga, that's, that's a minor part of it. The rest is about sort of mental things. And I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not the best way to build flexibility. It can work for some people, but like, yeah. Adult flexibility is very, very different. Correct. You go to a gymnastics gym, how do you stretch middle splits? You just you sit in middle splits, push down. Yeah, push down. down. So, yeah, there's <laughs> like, no like PNF, contract, relax, ballistic stretching. Yeah, loaded. it's like hardcore Eastern European way of stretching. Yeah. It's just bang, sit in yeah, it. Yeah. You'll either do it or you'll, you'll yeah. die. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the structure of a child is just completely different with yeah. their like plasticity of everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, like they can, they can handle it to some degree. Yeah. Uh, when you get to adults, there's a lot of, you kind of get a little bit messed up along the way with yeah. sitting down in the chair doing yeah, whatever yeah. you're doing. And it just takes a little bit more of like a considered approach to, you know, not get injured and just. But I, I really like the fact that we've followed like a similar path with it, like later in life, getting into stretching mobility, because this is what's relatable. How many people have done gymnastics as a child? Mm. They wouldn't be watching our videos. So yeah, for sure. I mean, that's. I can respect it though. Like, don't get like. I say this and it almost sounds a little bit, when I say it, it sounds a little bit bitter. I'm like, oh, but he was a gymnast. Like, and it, it oh, does. yeah. It's like, oh, he can do a planche, but he's he's five foot four. Yeah, he's five foot four. <laughs> and it's like hard not to be a little bit bitter because it does make life easier, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they're doing some really impressive exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yes, man. Yeah. But it also equally then makes it more impressive or kind of motivates me more to do it in my hikes. I'm like, I kind of want to prove, not necessarily prove something wrong, but like, yeah. You know, I think I'm still equally capable. If anything, prove it to yourself that you can do it. Exactly. Thanks again, man. Again, it was such an honor. Thank you. We can keep talking, but... 
Thanks everyone for listening. Visit fitnessfaqs.com to master calisthenics and become a bodyweight pro.